Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Patrick. That's Brian. This is another episode of Wrestling with Egos. And oh my God, breaking news from the WWE. Since we've got Kurt Angle in his retirement match against Baron Corbin, Vince McMahon himself has decided to screw us all over even more and give us for the Universal Championship. It is now Brock Lesnar in a bra and panties match against No Way Jose. There you go. Again, this is Wrestling with Egos, and for some strange reason, we've had the idea to put this thing on a video cast. Again, that cat right there is my boy Brian, my best friend in the entire world. I'm Patrick. I'm the evil genius of this show. He's the analytical mastermind and the voice of reason. For those of you that are new to us, you've been warned. Brian, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for the thanks for the video. Thanks for the idea to put this on video. It's been another crazy week in the world of wrestling. And again, I'm just here doing my part to make us a lean, mean wrestle talking machine. What can I you're say? Gonna, you gonna keep pushing that line till it yes. sticks in. You're gonna fake it till we make it, ain't you? Yes. All we right. got t shirt we got t shirts coming, we got bumper stickers, we got keychains. It's coming. Speaking of shirts, I I see you repping that uh that Duke Blue Devils jersey. Yes, sir. We survived a little scare against North uh, Dakota State today, but got the job done in the second half, so we're moving on. Even though it says football. Props to you, sir, for your win. War Eagle, baby. Uh, yeah, got got rock chalk tomorrow. Our boy Chris Lundy will probably be uh, chomping at the bit on that one. <laughs> we got... Anyway, we're not, we're, we're not here to talk about college basketball, even though we could for a week and a half, but we got a long time to go in a short, we got a long way to go in a short time to get there, as a great Jerry Reed once sang. So let's talk some WWE and let's talk some Monday Night Raw as we kind of reevaluate what we, what we now have in Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Um, as we, as we discussed on, on one of our more recent podcasts that we can, you can find on anchor, um, and pretty much anywhere else you want to find podcasts, except Apple. They don't like me for some reason. I do have a reputation in this world. Um, we talked about the, talked about, uh, Ronda Rousey's, um, shoot promo that she did not too long ago on her own, on her own YouTube channel, you know, like our YouTube channel this mm-hmm. one um and we thought it might have gotten her some heat backstage we were wrong because apparently this has all been part of the show uh it is getting her heat with the fans so i know you have especially this fan right here oh yeah i know you've been very critical of it so let me ask you this you know as you know and for those of you that are new to it brian tends to take a look at the, at the product from a more of a fan perspective and i look i i tend to be a little bit more of a storyteller perspective because i'm a much better bs artist than than that cat um admit it admit it i'm right you're right uh, there you go it's the my first life will time. just be easier if i just do that and not fight it Yes, because by the way, we also keep a running total of how many times I put myself over during the show. One. Um, so, yeah, and that, that would be a Brian face right there. Just uh, Anyway, um, go ahead and give me your take on this, dude. Just how we've, since the shoot promo to this past Monday where Rhonda's beating up security and then her husband literally is dragging her over the guardrail. 
I have Ronda Rousey fatigue. I'll just I'll just go ahead and say it. Okay. Yes, we want her to be a badass. Yes, we want her to do all this stuff. But in her doing all this stuff, she's managed to make me forget about the other two uh, participants in the match. She's managed to make me forget about Charlotte and and uh, Becky Lynch. And I don't think that's what the goal is here. I'm just tired of her bad-mouthing everybody. I'm tired of her strutting around with her husband like, ooh, we're tough. We're going to show up when we want. Ooh, we're going to smack a referee in the face whenever we want. Ooh, we're going to drop kick a security guard. Ooh, we're going to do this. It's not compelling. You need to be getting out there. You need to be wrestling, number one. You can't have a 20-second 20, 20 squash match with Dana Brooke. You know, that's not what I turned on Raw to see. We, we're talking about women's wrestling trying to turn the corner. If you ask me, we're back in uh, Bella territory with these squash matches and things that don't... You know I'm right. No, you're it's, not! Yes, we are. Yes, I am. My Let me finish. I'm, going I'm to not done finish. yet. I'm talking about how tired I am. Okay, so you're going to give me my time. I paid for this time. You're going to give me my time. <laughs> But I, I, I just—it's lazy no storytelling. It's lazy storytelling. It's I'm gonna run down my opponents using their real names, which we've talked about before. I'm gonna badmouth authority figures. I'm gonna do all this stuff, and I'm not gonna do it in a compelling enough way. I'm not gonna remind you of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not gonna remind you of Rock when he joined the Nation. I'm not gonna remind you of any of these heels through the years that made you want to pay money to see their butt, see them get their butt kicked. I, I, I'm still going to tune in because I would like to see Becky win the championship. But I have fatigue with the way that they're going about doing it. And you can stop rubbing your hands on your head. I'm sure I'm giving I'm you cannon fodder. I'm trying to make the hair grow back, okay? Fine. I'm sure I'm giving you cannon fodder. But oh. I'm just... It's... They basically what they've done is they've taken a very compelling storyline and they've run it into the ground. They and they have to do a whole bunch of emergency uh, backup in the next two weeks to make people care again. I and can't. okay, I, I, it's I, I'm just telling you that I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of Ronda having to carry the ball. I don't think she should be the one carrying the ball. I think. She should be a, 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 a spoke in the wheel on this one. And she should just show up at Mania and wrestle. That's what I think. May I retort? Sure, go ahead. All right. Uh, now, keep in mind, Brian and I argue about this, argue like this all the time. And as you can tell by this video, I am clearly more expressive than he is. Uh, I will apologize for that. I'm a lot more animated than this cat. Um, I will start with Rhonda carrying the ball. I, of all the things you said that I, I don't, I do not disagree with everything you said. I don't even disagree with half the things you said, but of the things that I do disagree with, I disagree with this one the most. Rhonda is not carrying the ball. Becky is still the one pushing this thing ronda rousey is the name that the wwe has that is making this the main event of wrestlemania the first time that women will main event and close the show at wrestlemania 
Ronda's not carrying it. There was simply no... Becky Lynch, without question, hottest name on the main roster. There might be people in NXT that can get a better reaction in a smaller venue than Becky Lynch can at Raw or SmackDown. But she's the hottest thing going. She's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Just in a different time and era. Mm. There is nobody in this match I want to, up until recently, that I wanted to see get their ass kicked. Charlotte, annoying. Ronda, annoying. Now, Ronda is being the heel. As we, you know, Brian, we've known each other nine years, and you hear me use this phrase over and over again. Heel 401. Rhonda is doing what she needs to do to make me want, because, dude, main event. This is what we're closing the show with. This is on the marquee. I want to pay my money to see Ronda Rousey get her ass beat. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Charlotte Flair might very well be the single best women's wrestler on this entire planet. And she's an afterthought in this match. Nobody gives a damn about Charlotte. It's how much we love Becky, how much we hate Ronda. And Charlotte, who, is it just me or does she seem like she's had some work done here as opposed to below here? Um, I haven't been paying attention to that. She looked I mean, like I'd she had to go some, back and uh, look. She looked like she had some work done on uh, on SmackDown when they were doing uh, their her and Becky were doing their face to face on the KO show. More on that later. Um, but I digress. I could care less. Where I couldn't care less whether or not she's had work done or not. She's still beautiful. She's still beautiful, and she's still pound for pound for pound one of the best best wrestlers on the planet. Gender for gender, one of the best on the planet. But my whole thing with reevaluating this isn't Ronda Rousey fatigue. It's, oh, now you do it. She should have been a heel six months ago. She should have had Paul Heyman cutting her promos for her as, as the heel. Not, oh, I just want everybody to like me, and I want to be friends with Natty, and I'm just... I'm just such a fan, and I'm going to wave to the crowd as I'm coming down, even though there's somebody in the ring whose ass I want to kick. No, I want the same Ronda Rousey that refused to shake hands with Misha Tate at a, after a UFC fight. I want the bitch. And Ronda's being a bitch right now, and I freaking love it. Now, you bring up the... I'm just here to fit in kind of thing. I actually like that right off the bat because one of the things that, no, one of the things we talked about was you're not going to make her do all that because you want to be legitimate. You're not just going to push her to the moon right away when she's got to prove herself. But I think, and you had to do that. Yes. I think SummerSlam would have been a better time to do the turn because maybe then she would have had some time to get legs under her with this iteration of her character. SummerSlam or at the worst case scenario, Evolution. Yes. That might have, because then you had all eyes on this all women's pay-per-view. Right. You know, you've got everybody talking about it new. She turned heel. You know, that would be... Oh, yeah. Heel for a one. Um, But I... You make valid points. I still feel like 
the other two ladies in the match are being marginalized. And it's a pattern that Vince has where he's reverting back to like WrestleMania's 8, 9, 10, 11. We got to have a name to draw the viewers in. What's wrong with the viewers you already have? Like guys well, like you and I that you know we're going to purchase it. Yeah, you want to have all the viewers you can, but it's at the expense of people like Charlotte and Becky, who you know we're going to put on a five-star match. Ronda's a different story, in my opinion, because Ronda's a fan. Ronda does respect what's going on in the ring. And as we've as we've been able to watch over the last 12 months, Ronda Rousey's gotten pretty damn good. Ronda Rousey, as a wrestler, if she had no UFC experience whatsoever, the, the maturation... See, I used a big word. There you go. You, you should be proud They're, of me. Kudos. The maturation of Ronda's in-ring skill set from last WrestleMania to right now puts her in a position where she deserves to be in that main event spot with women like Becky and Charlotte. In my opinion, she's just as good as any of the four horsewomen of NXT. I would put her in the ring with Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, um, Bailey. Doesn't matter. She is that. She is that good. I still think there are plenty of women outside of WWE that are better than Ronda, but Ronda can clearly hold her own with the best WWE has to offer. And you saying that just reminded me of something else that we've bandied about a time or two there. Remember when I said I thought, gee, maybe this is Ronda's exit strategy. She's bored with it. Well, something you brought up is Ronda's got some friends, too. And her three friends are down in NXT right now. So, yeah, four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. You could take that on into next year if you really wanted to. Uh, I've actually been thinking about that as of late. I'm glad you brought that up. And we're, I will leave it with this. And I think it might be a good chance to just kind of pull the ripcord and eject and just kind of leave that one floating in the air. Let me do it right. Let me right. Floating in the air. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, I think I know why you're doing that, too. And I don't like where that's headed. But anyway. Oh, I, I do. Why? Heels <sighs> 401. By the way, yeah. boys and girls, I like heels. Um, we do what? call them the proper villain, after all. Yeah, yes, I am. The, I am the proper villain. What if... Ronda miraculously retains at WrestleMania because I'm going to have to buy a new television. Shayna Baszler happened to lose the NXT women's title at a takeover New York to either Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai, or uh, Bianca Belair. And three of Ronda's friends happened to keep Becky or Charlotte from um, getting involved. Uh, hello, horsewomen versus horsewomen, and I'm there for that. I'm I there for that too, but not now. I'm there I, for that in the summer. Yeah, I am too. Not now. Not now. I'm just thinking. But we know WWE does have a propensity to jump the gun a little bit, so it could happen. I seriously doubt it'll happen now. But I also don't think Ronda Rousey's leaving after one year because there is some serious money on the table to do horsewomen versus horsewomen. I think you could carry that into SummerSlam, even Survivor Series. You could do a Survivor Series match with that. There's even talk of it's at Survivor Series weekend, not only doing a War Games match for NXT, but also main roster. And I simply say, yes, please. 
Um, ready to move on to the war, next topic? War Games is a fun concept. Oh, War Games has always been a fun concept. I love War Games. God bless you, Dusty Rhodes. Let's talk about Kofi Kingston and the struggle that he has gone through over the last couple of weeks, and which I think has just been brilliant, brilliant storytelling. Um, Kofi gets through that gauntlet match, looked like a world beater. Vince makes him take on Daniel Bryan and loses. Kofi, Kofi's still not going to WrestleMania. You know Kofi's going to end up in WrestleMania. We just don't know how. Um, but I know you've you've kind of wanted to, we talked about this earlier this week, you wanting to kind of do something you never have done before, which is kind of booking, fantasy booking the next couple of weeks. And we'll let you get to that here in a minute. But right. before we do, from a story aspect, fan, analytical thinking, however you want to approach it, you know what? You know, personal fact about Brian, he's a teacher. I am giving you this story, Brian. This is my creative writing assignment that you have that you have given me. Grade it. A minus. Okay, thank you. I'm about to say if you give this a B, I'm gonna get in my oh. car, drive to your house, and I'll see you in 30 minutes with a baseball bat. Here's why I'm giving it an A minus because you said before I approach things from a fan perspective a lot of times. Yes, you do. And nothing, by the way, nothing wrong with that. That's where this exercise that I did this week was born out of because I didn't watch it as it happened, but I watched replays of it after I finished a day's work the other night. And then I also happened to catch Big E's, uh, whether it was a, a Facebook post or an Instagram post or whatever it was, it was like a two minute clip where he shared his feelings about people like us can only get so far in this business. People like us can only go to a certain point. You figure if you play by the rules and you work hard and you show up early and you leave late and you sacrifice and you do all this stuff, but we only reach a certain level. Right. And let's be honest. And again, nothing wrong with this either because stories like this are really true. When he's saying people like us, he's meaning African-Americans. Who we, I know we have nothing but the utmost respect for because there's been lots of great African-American wrestlers throughout the ages, but the fan in me, you know, not seeing that it could be a work or it could be part of the storyline or it could be a script or whatever, WWE is no longer the only fish in the sea. Right. And I started thinking to myself, well, what if they're so fed up they just say, fine, we're done? The three of them. Right. I, that I get leave that. A big gaping hole in not only the tag division, but just the WWE landscape in general. Oh, yeah, because the New Day is one of, the, one of the most popular acts in the entire company. Correct. So what I did was I sat down, I put pen to paper, and I booked the next three weeks so that Kofi stays. And by okay. extension, Big E and Xavier stay. Okay, let's hear it. So we start next Tuesday on SmackDown. I forget what city they're in, but it's really irrelevant. Kofi's not there. Okay. They, they cut to the, the, the back, and you see Xavier Woods and Biggie getting dressed. No Kofi. And whoever their backstage interviewer is comes to them, and they say, I, I noticed that uh, Kofi is conspicuous by his absence. 
And Xavier Woods doesn't say anything. He just kind of shakes his head and keeps putting his boots on and stuff like that. His curly boots, as he's fond of saying. Biggie looks up at whoever the interview is and says, yeah, Kofi's taking some time to reevaluate things. And if you don't mind, uh, we have a match to get ready for. Short and sweet to the point. They come out for the match later on in the evening. It's against the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. Their music is playing, you know, New Day rocks and all that stuff. But they're not doing their usual crowd interactions. Woods doesn't even have his trombone with him. He's just walking down to the ring. Biggie takes one pancake out of his singlet and just kind of half-heartedly tosses it into the crowd, takes another one out and kind of looks at it and stops for a second. And he just tosses the pancake on the ramp in front of him and walks to the ring. The match itself, the bar are giving it everything they have, but Woods and Big E are kind of just half-hearting their holds. They're like doing a headlock and they're kind of lazily applying the headlock and the Irish whips don't have the potency they normally do. So then about five minutes of the match, Sheamus gets Big E in the corner and slaps him in the face. What are you doing, fella? You know, and that enrages Big E. Shoves him out of the corner into a big ending three count. Just like a violent, all of a sudden, this violent finishing move up from out of nowhere, really. Right. With apologies to Randy Orton. That's all we see of the New Day next Tuesday. The SmackDown before WrestleMania, the go-home mania, or the, the go-home SmackDown, excuse me. Right. Halfway through the, the show, Vince comes out to the ramp and announces that he has a statement regarding the SmackDown main event at WrestleMania that's going to interest all parties involved. And later on in the evening, then, it's the final segment. Vince is in the ring, and out comes the New Day. No music. They just come out, and they are dressed in black suits, white dress shirts, black ties. All three of them get in the ring. And as Kofi is laying out his case, he's going all the way back to the beginning of his career where he was saddled with bad gimmick after bad gimmick after bad gimmick and tag team partner after tag team partner after tag team partner. And he's laying out a very compelling case up to the most recent history. The Elimination Chamber match that he almost won. The two gauntlet matches that he ran through that they almost won. The... Bait and switch at Fastlane, where it wound up being Mustafa Ali in the main event instead of Kofi. Kofi wound up doing a handicap match against the bar. As he's laying out all of these cases, the camera cuts to the ramp, and you start seeing other superstars come out. It's a conglomeration of superstars up on the top of the ramp, and they're just kind of all standing there as onlookers. And there's a few people in this group that are kind of curious because you would expect that if Kofi's in the ring making this statement, who's going to come out in support of him? The faces. Right. You know, your Rey Mysterios, your Lucha Lush, House Parties, Mustafa Ali's, etc. But there's two people in particular who do come out that you're like, why are they out here? They're heels. The Usos? Us well, make it three then. Usos come out, Randy Orton comes out, and Samoa Joe comes out. They're all sitting up there, too. Now, they're not associating with the faces. They're kind of in the background, but their faces are present. 
So you can tell by association, they kind of support this line of thinking that Kofi has. Okay. He's put in the time, 11 plus years, give the man his shot already. And Kofi then acknowledges, you see all those people up on the ramp. They're risking their necks for me right now, and they are all prepared to walk if I don't get what I feel I deserve and what you know, Vince, in your heart, I deserve as well. I've been evolving for 11 years, and I got more things to evolve on that you haven't even seen yet. So the show's about to end. The crowd, of course, is going nuts. They're chanting, Kofi, Kofi, and all that kind of stuff. Vince says, that's all I've ever wanted to see out of you is that kind of passion. He goes, you know what? You're in. Congratulations. But we're not done yet. Because then there's still about three minutes left in the show. The camera... just, like there's, just like there's about three minutes left in this podcast. Right. Well, I told you I'm going deep on this. You and cut long. The, you cut to the parking lot. That's what lot. she said. Oh, man. You cut <laughs> to the parking lot, and in the parking lot, you see Rowan and Daniel Bryan walk into their car. And there's a camera following them. Rowan gets in the car and shuts the door. And as Daniel Bryan's getting in the car, he turns around and sneers at the camera and said, yeah, Kofi, a nice speech. You know what I give it? A solid D+. Plus. I'll see you at WrestleMania. So then the match itself, and then they drive away. You see the last shot you see on SmackDown that Tuesday before Mania is them driving away. The match itself at WrestleMania is the second-to-last match of the night. Yes, after Rollins and Lesnar. And... Rowan gets tossed out of the match in the first five minutes for interference. They go for 25 more minutes. False finishes, all that other stuff. Kofi unveils a brand new submission move that he's never used before, to my knowledge, for the victory. Boston Crab. Gets him in the submission hold. Daniel Bryan taps out. Kofi gets his just due. And that's how I would do it, if it were me. Because give the man his due already. For the record, Brian's breakdown of that would uh, was longer than this match would be. I'm being, I'm I'm giving you crap, dude. That actually that actually sounds good. I think though, you have to give the fans the announcement of what the match is. More than just a week into it, especially because there's a championship involved. So I think on Tuesday we're going to find out where we're going. And it would not surprise me at all, kind of going with what you're going. I think there's going to be a, a, a threat of a strike. And I think it's going to actually happen on Tuesday. So I do like that. Um, I don't know about the submission, though. That would be kind of cool to do a Boston Crab, being that he is from yeah. He is from Boston, but they do bill him as from Ghana, West Africa. True. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Let's go ahead and move into the next topic uh, because there's really nothing else I can add to that one. Um, talk about just the sad, pathetic, wet fart of the week. Uh, I could use a lot of different things, but we're going to be on YouTube, so I have to hold up, be upheld to a certain level of standards and practices. Um, Kudos to you, sir. For this. Yes, yes. Um, Kurt Angle, 
announces his opponent for his final match. Last one ever. Last time we will ever see one of the greatest of all time in a ring. Baron bleeping Corbin. What the bloody hell, dude? Are you kidding me? For th- me, it, I what do they see in him that we don't? See, here's my thing. I don't know if this is setting up kind of some kind of swerve because I want to point something out. Monday Night Raw last Monday was in Chicago. Chicago fans, Chicago fans, boys and girls, were chanting, we want Cena. (laughs) We want Uh. Cena from Chicago fans who were the ones that started the John Cena sucks. Yeah. They started that. But now it's, we want Cena. Clap, 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 clap. I, I, see, you know who I'd rather see in that position, though? If who? you're going to get Shelton Benjamin. No. It, it, okay, if you're going to keep it like on the level of Corbin, yeah, Shelton Benjamin. That would be absolutely off the charts. But here's my thing. Angle going out. You've got to send... Kurt Angle out properly properly. and there's only a certain amount of guys that can do that you can't use Triple H because he's facing Batista you can't use Undertaker because the man can barely get around you can't do The Rock because Rock's off doing his movie thing and we're probably never going to see him in the ring again to be completely honest all roads point to John Cena and it makes perfect sense because Cena was, uh, well, Angle was Cena's first match in WWE. Right. It only makes sense for those two who have been linked. Their careers have been linked since John Cena broke into the, broke onto the main roster. It only makes sense. I, I hope and pray that we're going to get some kind of swerve. John Cena shows up on Monday and goes, no, 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 no. But I have. I know this... how they could do it. They could do something at Mania where Corbin's announced. Like Angle's already in the ring. He comes out to a Thunder Salvation. Then they announce Corbin. But he doesn't come out. And they cut to the back and you see Corbin laying face down in oh, like a pile of broken it. glass or something like that. You're, and then Cena comes out instead. Okay, so. Uh, all right, <laughs> so now. Now, judging just going by your booking over the last five minutes, so we're now going to wait until the week, you know, a couple of days before WrestleMania to unveil what the WWE Championship match is. And we're also not going, you know, we're going to advertise Angle versus somebody and then kind of undercut that at WrestleMania. Look, the only, the only way What's you What's wrong with that? Just kidding. The only way you can get away with that is if you add two, just like just like the tag title, the Raw tag title match from uh, WrestleMania two years ago when the Hardys were added in. Right. Um, I don't. I. I don't. I do not think that you're going to. You're going to be able to get away with that. So I think just like with um, 
the WWE Championship match on SmackDown, I think you've got to make the move on that this week. I mean, the only other way you get away with it is if you're doing the whole angle that Cena did last year with The Undertaker because you know you're going to get Cena and Undertaker somehow, some way. We just didn't know what capacity we were going right. to get. But anybody with a brain knew we were going to get John Cena and The Undertaker. Anybody with a brain knows we're going to get Kofi and Daniel Bryan. But we got to... Get there first. We've got to get there. We've got to announce it. And then we've got to have something to build that up. Um, I don't like Corbin. Um, I don't like anything about him. I think his, his, his promo delivery is boring as crap. I think his skill set, he's a great athlete. Uh, you know, he's to be as big as he is. He's pretty damn quick. Um, but he just, he just don't do it for me. He just did just something, something about him that I just don't like, you know, kind of like, you know, Hey, let's kind of dip away from WWE for five seconds. You know, everybody thinks the young bucks from AEW are one of the greatest tag teams in the entire world. They don't do anything for me. Uh, they're, as the great Austin powers once said, it's not my bag, baby. <laughs> Baron Corbin, sure as hell ain't my bag. Um, so mine either. Yeah, I mean he's fun to boo. I mean he make he makes it very easy for you to hate him because he just comes off as just as insolent prick. But that's he wrestles about. in a vest. Yeah, he wrestles in a, he he looks like he's oh he's coming to get your order at TGI Fridays. Simple or doing close up magic at your table. Oh yeah, that's a good that's a good one. High five. Supposed to go to your left, dumb shit. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> Sorry for swearing. Yeah. Hey, first first <laughs> night on the first night on YouTube, boys and girls. It's bound to happen. Um. So yeah, I I'm hoping we get a swerve because otherwise, uh, otherwise everybody at your house when we all get together for WrestleMania, we're all going to be heading to the bathroom. Right. Or the there's, t- only, there's only so many bathrooms in the place, so it's like yeah. Dos. Dos. Yeah. Uh, all right. They rent Porta Johns out here, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. Need, yeah, we're gonna need about four of them because we're all gonna head there at the same time. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and get to one of my favorite segments, uh, and something that Brian can wax poetically about for quite a while since we're only standing at about 35 minutes. Didn't realize it'd been that we were kind of that short into it. Um, every week, again, playing along with the gimmick of Brian's real job of being a teacher, um, we're do, we do homework every week. Uh, what we do is we will take one wrestling match that you can find either easily on YouTube or on the WWE Network, and we make the other guy watch it. They watch it critically, not just as a fan, but they watch it critically to break it down. This is what I liked. This is what I didn't like. Again, it's an exercise in professional wrestling storytelling. 
Uh, some of the match, the matches that we've had so far have been. I I gave him for our for our initial show uh, from the clash of, from the very first clash of champions, Sting versus Ric Flair, the forty five minute time limit draw with JJ Dillon uh, suspended above uh, the ring in a cage. The very next week, Brian gives me for my very first um, homework assignment from what pay per view was that? Unforgiven two thousand six. Unforgiven 2006, Cena and Edge in a TLC match in Edge's hometown of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So it became, so last week it was my turn to give an assignment to Brian. And he, and every week, by the way, we always do a book report, for lack of a better term, giving our thoughts on the match. So I gave Brian last week from Clash of Champions 8? Yeah, it was in 89. For my Clash of Champions in 1989, it was it, it was Ricky Steamboat defending, correct? Yes. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defending the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship against the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Woo! Two out of three falls. Reason I gave that match to Brian, I I to this day as a 40 year old wrestling fan, someone that grew up in the South. Loving all things NWA, I consider this to be the single greatest wrestling match I have ever seen. Brian, the floor is yours. The floor is mine, and I will start off by saying this is a match that I have seen before. I'm actually proud to say that I've seen a a match outside of the WWE before it was assigned to me, because that's one of my shortcomings as a fan of wrestling is that I tend to be very WWE is the only way to go. And I know that's not true because there's great wrestling all over this land. Um, so this is a match I had seen before. Steamboat is the champ going into it. Um, so I watched it once be- once or twice before, but it was nice to watch it with a critical eye, uh, as we previously stated. Um, the I'll start with the entrances. You know, right off the bat, you got Flair coming out with the ladies, and he's strutting, and he's he's styling, and profiling, and woo, and all that kind of stuff. And then you have Ricky Steamboat coming out with his wife and his son dressed in a dragon costume. And everybody's yep. oh, family man, that's so nice. And his son did grow up to be a wrestler too. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, R- Ricky Steamboat. Uh, Ricky Steamboat Jr. He wrestled in NXT and had to. Sorry, I bumped my table. There we go. Uh, and had to retire because blood clots or back injury yeah, that's unfortunate. or something like that. But it was it was a serious injury that put a very abrupt halt to his career. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think he was NXT or FCW. No, it was it was FCW tag champs with either like Cassius Ono or Corey Graves or somebody like that. Yeah. He was a tag team champion or was in a legit tag team in FCW. Yes. And then on commentary, you've got the hardcore legend Terry Funk, yep. who a year later, I believe, gets into an angle with Flair for the championship. They have an I quit match in near my hometown of Buffalo. They have a match in Troy, New York, I think. Yep, paper, the sh- show, show was called New York Knockout. Yes. Yep. Um, and and real quick, before you get into that, the lead-in to that I Quit match was like the 
birth of hardcore wrestling that we saw in the U.S. Because when Terry Funk attacks Ric Flair, Pyle drives him through a table, and the table does not break. Right, I remember that, too. Um, the crowd throughout the whole match is basically 50-50. You can't tell who they're rooting for. Flair's got his people. Steamboat's got his people. So it's the classic, you know, it's not one way or the other like we've seen in some of these other matches. Um, I love at the beginning how Flair, you know, ducks out of the ring and calls referee Tommy Young out and says, hey, he's pulling my hair. Get him off my hair. I'm like, no, he's not. Come on now. Quit, dude, you know, quit talking about it. Cut your hair. 80, dude, 80s heel tactic, dude. Yes. They all did that. I, I saw that. I, dude, I could go to a wrestling, an uh, independent wrestling show in my hometown and see that and guarantee to see that at least once. Right. I put a star by this one because I compared this match to a lot of the matches today. Neither Steamboat nor Flair is in a hurry because oh. they know we've got two out of three falls. I'm going to sink in this headlock. I'm going to sink in this Irish whip. I'm going to sink in this figure four. I don't have anywhere to be for the next hour. Do you? Nope. You know, so we're just Ste- going to tell this story and strap in boys and girls. Steam, Steamboat and Flair were masters of just being able to let stuff breathe. Yeah. You know, we're not never going to be in a rush. Everything we do is deliberate and as methodical as we want it to be, or as rushed as we want it to be, with both of those guys, and they're and they are on a very short list of guys who you can say this about. Everything they do has a purpose. Right. And exactly how they do it. They do it how they do it, when they do it, and the way they do it for a reason. And it all goes off at the end. I'll go back to Baron Corbin for a second, even though I know we don't want to. We see him do that move where he slides out of the ring around the turnbuckle and back in 30 seconds into the match. It's like, I thought that was one of your signatures. Why are you doing it now? Yeah. You know, because say, he knows he's only going to get four minutes, but still. Right. I, and I'm going to be honest. That's kind of pimp. Yeah, that is. That, but when you wait, waste it right away, it's like, okay, well, what else are you going to go back to? You're going to do right. that seven more times? No. Yeah. It's like, so, Sammy, like Sami Zayn when he decides he's going to do that uh, torpedo tornado ddt on the outside of the ring and going o- going up over the uh the bottom rope yeah okay yeah you did that three minutes three minutes into the match no you need to milk you that, save that for the end you uh, save it for the end or save it for the middle when the fans right. are starting to go <gasps> <gasps> so they split the first two falls one all you which we knew kind of knew was going to happen because it's, it's two a two out of three falls match. Oh, by the way, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole's going to go to a third fall. Yes. Why? <laughs> why? Because why would you put two out of three falls and not use the third one? Right. Um, another thing I thought was how could anyone stay in the figure four for that long? I mean, Flair slaps that thing on Steamboat for a good two, three plus minutes. Oh, and yeah. I, I, I know, I mean, I've never been put in one, but I can it see sucks. how it would be a problem. It sucks. So, yeah. Shane and Cash, then, if you're watching, you suck. <laughs> the one part of the match I had forgotten about, and that's why I'm, I'm glad you had made me watch it, I forgot about the finish and how much gray really? area there is. I thought it was just, you know, shoulders were down, because it's not clear whose shoulders are down, I- number one. And Flair's feet did get underneath the rope before Tommy Young counted to three. And then you have JR interviewing Steamboat backstage, and he says, oh, well, I see that footage now. I can see how 
he'd have a reason to gripe or a reason to get his lawyers involved or something like that. But I still feel like it's time to move on to better things and all that. So it's like, well, no, not so fast, my friend. Because did Chi-Town Rumble come after this? Chi-Town Rumble was after with that. The, with the green and blue ring apron or whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah, or Chi-Town Rumble, which might be the only thing you can argue that might be a better match than the two out of three falls. Right. Chi-Town Rumble was a classic. Yeah. So, I mean, top to bottom, love the match, love the commentary, because Terry Funk is actually giving you some good, incisive commentary. Yes. Get your shoulders off the mat, Flair. You almost lost a cheap one there. You know. He, you can tell he's got some wrestling chops to be able to be here commentating about this. For God's sakes, the man's a former NWA champion. Right. Or man's a former ECW champion. He's not some person who's never been affiliated with before. Oh, that was a nice move. You know, that guy. Or, let's be honest, someone who doesn't have, someone who has a wrestling background but isn't as storied. With all Correct. due respect to guys like Aiden English and Corey Graves. While they're both great on commentary on 205 Live and Raw and SmackDown, respectively, they don't have the pedigree that a Terry Funk does. Right. And a Jim Ross, for that matter. Oh, yeah. Well, Jim, Gro- Jim Ross is like the OG. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we're, I'm talking about, like, color guys. You know, okay, Corey Graves, NXT Tag Team Champion alongside Neville. Terry Funk, World <laughs> Champion. His last name, for God's sakes, is Funk. Yes. I mean, it's like you know having the last name Briscoe or Armstrong Mulligan. or Mulligan, Von Erich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hart, for God's sake, NOI. So all in all, this one gets an A plus. I mean, it, it, it's you, you can't find a fault with the match. No, their moves I, are stiff. The moves take time. The crowd's invested. The storytelling is bar none. You know, and it was the middle of one of the greatest rivalries, if not the greatest rivalries ever in the history of ever. So I'd say one of I definitely wouldn't say greatest rivalry. I still think there were some rivalries in NWA, NWA slash WCW that I think were better than Steamboat Flair, namely Sting and Flair. Um, um, Hogan Sting. During the NWO days, some of the best storytelling ever. Uh, truth be told, my opinion, the greatest rivalry of all time is Austin McMahon. That's definitely up there for me, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm glad that you, I'm, I'm selfishly speaking, I'm glad you gave it an A+, because I would have been a little disappointed if you're like, eh, I'll give, give it a C. I'll give it an A, because there's always room for improvement. Like, how? What would you improve? The exactly. lighting? <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> hey, you put... Uh, give Flair and, some new uh, laces for his boots? I, what yeah. are you going to do? My honest opinion is, you give... You put that match on verbatim on in this generation and that is still a classic yep there's not many matches from back then that you can say were that good to where you could put that match on in front of twenty thousand people at you know barclay center and 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 get a this is awesome chant i mean that would still be a match of the year you know dave Meltzer crapping his pants and 
yeah, whatever else, right. like like he does with Omega and Okada, which don't get right. me wrong, Omega and Okada is still awesome, but um, yeah, I'm glad that you went A-plus with that, because we'd have to have a discussion offline, <laughs> like, dude, really? I had to, I had to drive to your drive to your other job tomorrow. Well, you turned it in late. You turned it in late, so I mean, it's like you know. <laughs> do not do that to me, because you know how that excuse ticks me off. Um, oh. He's referencing a story of mine from college and my capstone project, in which I, yeah, I got a. Went to the eleventh hour. <laughs> well, oh, went because not only am I a proper villain, but I am the god, little G, not big G, little G of procrastination. There's only one God, and I'm not him. I'm just True. good. I'm good, not God. So let me uh, ask you a question. Then. Yes. Do you have your pen uncapped at this point? I do. And are you ready for yours? I do not. Because I don't write anything down, because as you know, from knowing me for so long, my handwriting is hot garbage. Okay, well, do you have your fingers ready to type in your Google Doc then? Because here is your homework for the upcoming week. Lord, all right. Um, Hit me. This match is from WrestleMania 10. Please let it be what I think you're about to tell me. If not, I I'll... think so. No, <gasps> you, you, what you think is correct because it involves two, not one, but two intercontinental championship belts. Not hung what I'm up thinking. High above the ring. Sean and Razor in the ladder match. Ladder match at WrestleMania 10 for the who's the real intercontinental champion? Ladder well, match. Ladder... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Not what I thought you were going to give me. When you said WrestleMania 10, my what brain... What did you think I was going to give you? I, my brain instantly went to Brett Nowen. That would be an excellent one, too. Oh, that's a great one. But no, trust me. I, I am perfectly fine with a Sean and Razor ladder match WrestleMania 10 consolation prize. Cool. Get the ladder uh, up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I remember vividly that match and some of the high spots which we look at some of the high spots they did then and you're like okay we've seen crazier stuff now but we're talking and about WrestleMania 10 we're talking about I will share years nugget, ago bro I will share a nugget with you about that match the next time we're together and you give your reaction to it because I don't want to spoil it I learned something about that match that I didn't know before uh, and I think it might be kind of fascinating for you to hear it but I'll Go ahead and tell me Nope, it's, I'm going to save I've it. I've seen the match like a hundred times, bro. But it's some inside stuff. So I want to save right. the inside stuff for next time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. Leave them I'm... wanting more. Yeah, this is very true. Very true. Um, we got 10 minutes left in the show. And every... You know, Brian and I for years have always had these discussions of what's great and what's not in wrestling. Historically, currently, just little tiny little tidbits like, okay, who's got a cool entrance? Who's got a, you know, what's a great finishing move? Hey, what's your favorite m- wrestling move of all time? By the way, what would be, what would you say? Gun to the head. Favorite wrestling move of all time? Um... I'm already dead, aren't I? Uh, yeah, you're already dead. <laughs> I, like the fig- I like the figure four. 
Nothing wrong with that. I'm a brain buster guy. Yeah, I love the brain buster. Second, second would be pile driver. Not like tombstone pile driver. Jerry Lawler pile driver. Pile drivers were always awesome. Really, any move that's done stiff, where they land it and you're like, oh lord. So some of Taker's choke slams through the years. Yeah. Where he so, got the height and just, you know. So not the choke slam that put Mick Foley through the top of the cell. Well. Because he's pretty bad too. But he didn't get height on that. You were talking about him getting height on that and being able to get him up. And Mick Foley has gone on record on WWE Network by saying, "Yeah, I didn't get the lift on that one." Right. Now that I'm glad he didn't because so, he's, yeah, he is too. We could um, do a whole show on that match. Ooh. Yeah, WWE Network kind of did. It was called yeah. yeah Mick Foley and Mick Foley in Pittsburgh last ju- last June. Ugh. Yes, still great match. Uh, for the record, that that is one of those matches that we Brian and I have agreed will not be anybody's homework assignment. Totally fine because mainly because we're ready we both- to talk for thirty hours. Oh yeah, we, we we could talk about that, and what that's one of those matches we could talk about in perpetuity. Hey, another big word. Here, cheers to you, sir. Dilly dilly. Um, what I did want to discuss with you was what are you, what's now. Cool thing about WWE is they've always had great entrance music going back to the days where it started. I mean, Hogan, Warrior, um, Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter. I was always kind of a fan of Honky Tonk Man's entrance music. Oh my god! No, it just fit and it was yeah. cool. Um, you know, Austin's music, Sean. It goes the down British the line. Bulldogs. Yeah. Um. And obviously other places have used actual real music. Like, you know, back in the early days of the NWA, the Road Warriors came out to Iron Man. Yes. And trust me, that was always intimidating as hell. Uh, oh, and by the way, I wanted to mention something. You said that your favorite moves are those those that are always really stiff and they look like they hurt. So by that rule, wouldn't you say that Walter's knife hand chop is your favorite wrestling move of all time? We're, we're not going to just, it's... We're not going to mention that. It, that that's got that's in the class by itself. All right, serious question. The, when I told you to watch that episode of NXT UK, when he chopped that poor that poor schlub, what was the first thing that went through your mind? I need to check myself to make sure that all my parts are still there, and they were mercifully. But it was resonating. It was stiff. It was sudden, and it was don't want to wrestle you anymore. No, yeah, I I hurt watching. I hurt watching that i was like oh oh god oh god so getting back to it currently what do you what are some of the entrance themes in wwe that you really really like do we want to just trade them back and forth or you just want me to give you my list and you'll give me your list Eh, let's trade them back and forth and kind of kind of critique each other's thoughts okay uh number one for me right now i gotta go with my boy finn balor uh you know too sweet and all that kind of stuff just and especially when he paints himself. Oh, yeah. Because it's always cool when he comes out in a leather jacket and he's got the smoke machine and he's interacting with the crowd and all that. And they do the, you know. Jenny wanted to make an appearance. Oh, hello. <laughs> but when he's painted as the demon and he's coming through the smoke, those times when he was the NXT champion, he would snatch it up off the ramp and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The visuals with the paint with the teeth on his neck and his chest and everything like that. 
it's an example of somebody going all out with the we're, character. We're not totally talking about the entrance. It. We're talking about the music itself. And the music, too. Yes. I no, mean, the, not- the, the music is... You couldn't see, really see it being anything else, I think is the point. Right. So that would be the one that I would start off with. My favorite right now, without question, because it's just... it's. I hear this music. And, okay, let's say I don't know anything about wrestling. And I'm going to play... And we're going to play an entrance theme for someone that's never seen WWE. You tell me, or hasn't seen WWE in the last 10 years, but no, knows about wrestling. Hey, I'm going to play this song for you. Tell me what kind of person you think is coming out to the ring. And you play Pete Dunne's entrance theme. I guarantee you, someone's going to say, whoever's coming down that ramp is going to whoop somebody's ass. Exactly. That just and that's all like- Pete Dunne does in the ring, too. That just sounds like a dude that is going to just kick the crap out of somebody. There's and no like, messing about. Oh, no. I, and Brian's known this for years, since for a while. I am Every time I see him, I love watching Pete Dunne. I think he is so good. I really hope they take the NXT UK title off of him soon and put him on Monday Night Raw. Because that guy could absolutely wreck stuff. I love him. Um, how about you? What's next? Next one for me, and you've actually seen my reaction to this when it's happened live, because it, he's a guy that I would not want to run into in a dark alley because I would not come out the same when I'm done. Samoa Joe. Oh, yeah. He's another Joe's one. In- you play the music, and it's like he's coming down to beat my butt. Yep. Here we go. This, that, that is a bad boy coming down the, coming down the ramp. And, and we saw him at an NXT show several years ago, and he was not much farther away than right down there. And he is a large individual, but he can go, and he's no nonsense. He's not out there to win any any popularity right. contests. He's just out there to get three counts hey, or, or rocket asleep. Right. Little hey, little known fact. You know that roar that's in his uh um that, that's in his entrance entrance theme at the very beginning. Yes. You know that's actually a distorted Godzilla roar, right? You they, did tell me that once. Yeah, the whole theme is the whole his whole entrance theme is kind of themed off of a off of music from an old Godzilla movie back in like an, a Japanese Godzilla movie. That makes it even cooler. I know. I'm just like that's just gangster, man. And you so, know what makes it even cooler? The power game. The power game will not let you down. Power game will not let you down. Yeah. Uh, for me, speaking of power games, um, another guy I would not want to run to in a dark alley, but I love his entrance music. And truth be told, I love his entrance because it is the single most metal thing in wrestling today. Aleister Black. His cool. entrance theme is just, I mean, and I am, I'm a hard rock guy. I love hard rock. I love metal. And despite the southern accent, yes, I'm I'm a metal guy. Um, ah, with Incendiary doing the doing the vocals on that, it's just that is just killer. And then, as he's been doing lately in NXT, he'll walk up the stairs, like in the middle of the stage, but obviously doing kind of the the rising out of the crypt entrance. Oh, it's just so awesome. But the music is just like, yeah, that's a bad dude like that I totally agree that 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 dude's scary next next one for me it's one i forgot about when we were preparing the list and everything because 
You know she's one of my favorite wrestlers, too, and I just like what she's about. I like how she interacts with the crowd. And again, it's the case of the music totally matching the character. Ronda Rousey. I... <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, We're I We're talking about Bailey. Now, yeah. Say what you will about the direction her character is going in. You know, props to her for being the, the women's tag champs right now with Sasha, but... When you see Bailey's entrance and you got the wacky, wild, inflatable arm swinging two men, the music fits her. And yeah, she's all I about agree. positivity and encouraging people to follow their dreams. I'm all about that. I agree. Uh, last one I'm going to go with, because I've gone with two really just, excuse me, I'm, I'm going to be honest, for like the last minute or so of the show, I'm doing a little bit of the pee dance. Um, yes, full disclosure, got nothing to hide here. Just be glad you can't see from waist down. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, like I said, the last two that I brought up, a lot of badassery, and I could go with Baron Corbin, which I love his music, and I love so many other guys. The third one that I really and truly love, another Northeast Ohio guy just like us, Johnny Gargano. You hear his music, and it's just go. It's go time. It's you know, high energy. It's high energy. It's... Get the crowd pumped up. It's it's one of those. I mean, there are so many others I could choose from. I could go with uh, Corbin. I could go with Ricochet because that's probably one of the best entrances in WWE. Uh, there's a new guy in NXT that I really like, Eric Bugenhagen. Uh, he's the guy that plays air guitar. And if you haven't seen his entrance on YouTube, by God, go watch it because, yeah, it's just just amazing. Uh, you got anything else you want to throw out? I will end with the classic because there's nothing wrong with the classics and it doesn't matter what iteration this man has been in undertaker. I, I mean, from the moment brother, he first, I was going to say brother love. Oh boy. From, it, 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 it doesn't even all the way back to that. Just the presence that the man had. Oh God. Yeah. Just. And, and I know a lot of people don't like the American badass period of his career. I personally loved I it. Um, but just, you knew that something cool was going to happen when he came out all the different tweaks they made to the character through the years all the different subtle changes to the music through the years so i mean he's the beginning and end for me as far as entrance themes go i totally agree well before we get out of here my brother any final thoughts no i can't believe we're on youtube this is this is uh this is big stuff very scary thought let's go bring it all right hey you can follow me on Twitter at Rant Mode On. You can follow Brian at B Crego C R E G O. One five. Oh, one five. I, cu- I couldn't remember if you're B C R E G O one five E I E I O. And then we also have a website too. Don't forget about the website. It's okay. bit.ly backslash with egos. You can find all the homework assignments there. You can find previous episodes there. Give us a listen, and our contact info is there, too, if you want to give us a shout-out. Yeah, man. Well, until next week, you guys keep it classy. You keep it trashy, Brian. I'm going to keep it... I don't know. that <sighs> Dude, that, went, that was going, and it was going, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> right off the rails. You know why? It's because you told me to keep it trashy, and I never do. So that's um, where that, that's called karma. Is what that's I called. was going to go, you guys keep it cl- I was originally going to say, you keep it. Cl- you guys keep it classy. Brian, you keep it trashy. I'm going to keep it assy. But I was like, wait a minute. This is just getting really terrible. So, 
Forget everything that I just said, you guys. I'm not editing any of this crap out. Why? Because it's done. 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 Anyway, for Brian, I'm Patrick. We'll see you guys next weekend on Wrestling with Egos. And as always, that's our story. And we're sticking to it.